January 16th, 2022. Let's continue in Nefesh HaChaim and Sha'ar Dalid, Perek Kafbet in the blue books in the Nefesh HaTzimtzum version, page 735. It says Nefesh HaChaim in going back to a certain extent to the track he was beginning us on before his uh, break for several chapters in which he talked about the Ma'alot, the elevated status and, and levels a person could arrive at through Tamu Torah. Now he goes back to developing this concept which he began us with some chapters ago in terms of how the world and existence itself is dependent upon Talmud Torah. Well, he talked about it in the positive sense beforehand, and now we'll talk about it in the Chas uh, negative sense. Im Chas V'Shalom Anachnu Oskim Berifyon, he says, if uh, heaven forbid uh, we were to uh, be weak in our study of Torah. Kivyachol mitma'et shefa ha'or ha'ilyon b'chol ha'olamot. Kivyachol, of course, means, according to our weak and low-level understanding, the shefa ha'or ha'ilyon, that emergence, emergent light from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is in turn diminished. Now that means each person according to their stature. So if you are deficient in one way, according to what you have potential to achieve, so there's a mi'ut or in that respect. And of course, so too for all others. So this reference of Bamistarim Tifken Nafsho, the Gemara picks up on this. It's a Pasuk. Nefesh Haim later on will pick up on this as well. Pasuk, if I'm not mistaken, Sefer Yemiyah, in which Mistar, Mistar, of course, Melashon Nistar, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol is crying in this place, the Gemara says, of course, not a physical place, known as Mistarim. I will address that at some point, at some juncture in the future. But for the purpose now, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol is crying over this person's diminished and low-level uh, uh, Torah study. He quotes the Gemara Masechet Chagigan There are three situations and people upon whom HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a daily basis cries. One of them is a person who's able to study Torah, to immerse himself in Torah, and doesn't do so. What does it mean? Of course, only according to our understanding that God is crying for them. Maharal and others suggest that the cries referred to over here is the tears more than anything. And generally speaking, we associate HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement with our world through his sight. We talk about Eretz Yisrael and Sefer Devarim Moshe does to us. It's the land on which, upon which, So if there's tears in the eyes, it means the vision is blurred. Of course, that's not in the literal sense, but it means the connectedness, in turn, is severed. It's not as clear. It's not as direct. So when you talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's blurred side through crying, that's what we're really referring to. It means that his shefa or elyon, in the words of the Mekubalim, the words of Nefesh Haim, is less felt. It's less manifested to us in this world. The Gemara afterwards talks about three different tiers, and one of them again is on bitul Torah. Bitul Torah. Now, this is not hard to understand. Of course, we'll try to go into it at greater depth. 
But uh, if we describe as we have, and as we know, that Torah is the conduit through which you understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through which you find him in this world. So if you're not studying Torah, his presence is in turn, by definition, diminished. And as a result, he's less manifested over here. That's that, nothing more and nothing less, of course. Well, Right, so so far it appears as if it's just for that specific person. Of course, that specific person is just one peg together with many others, which means that we're all marching together. He'll bring explicit references in Divrei HaChamim that this affects the larger spectrum of existence, B'nai Israel, and of course, anything and everything that uh, emerges from that. But his reference so far is for that specific person. But you need not and cannot just zone in and hone in on one nefesh mi Israel and not be able to take into account the way it affects all others. What's that? If it's a person who's supposed to be, listen, it's one of the questions you're asked on Yom Hadin, says the Gemara Masechet Shabbat, Kavata Yitim La Torah. So certainly that's the base level, but it means every person according to whatever their Kaviat Yitim can and should be. And woe is to the child who brings forth the tears of his father on a daily basis. Now he goes a little bit into greater depth on this cry or these cries who hit gaberut hadin it says that's the hit gaberut that's the strengthening of din din of course is one of the attributes of with which hakadosh baruch Hu manifests himself in this world bihit ma'atut ha'or ha'elyon shemarahamim agedolim ba'olamot anistarim it says when we lose or when god diminishes or when we cause him to diminish is rahamim what emerges then is din how do we understand, according to, again, our feeble understandings, these matters of Rahamim and Din? For the time being, we're going to define them as follows. Din is a certain rigidity. When I analyze specific aspects and I look at each hair and I'm able to determine each one of them and individually pick them out, that's Din. That's why when we talk about deen of judgment in court, one person stands in front and we determine their judgment. Rahamim is fluidity. Rahamim is the ability to take many aspects and many characteristics and many uh, determinations into this, uh, this, this analysis. So when you describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol, working within the world from Midat Hadin, that's when you imagine HaKadosh Baruch Hu Midakdekim HaTzadikim Se'ara. It means people who have risen to a level in which their relationship with him is on one of Deen. As a result, if they step off for just a moment, there's a quick and careful analysis as to every action of theirs. Rahamim is more fluid when we have relationships with our children. There's moments for Deen in which strict letter of the law is a necessity, and there's moments for Rahamim. The description in turn is when Rahami, when Torah is diminished, it means Deen is mitgaber and Rahamim is mitma'et. The Shefa Or Helion, in which humanity basks in our life, is one of Rahamim. So we'll develop and hopefully discuss this in a little greater depth in just a few moments, because those are the words, if you read carefully, he's going to return to, by means of Zohar and others, that the laws of Torah study 
brings forth Deen. He'll describe it as the Hitgaberut of Sitra Ahra as well. And as a result, the diminishments, the growth of Deen and the diminishment of Rahamim. There's some sort of symbiosis, there's some sort of reciprocity. If you diminished your study, in turn I'll diminish my fluidity, my Rahamim. says, what about the person who never indulged himself in Torah, never involved himself in Torah? says, that person has diminished their capability. That person has never brought forth, rather, the potential to be mezaket nefesh, to achieve kedusha ilyona. That's a person who never involved. Of course, he's going to contrast it to the person who studied Torah and made themselves, so to speak, the words we use is a kliki bul. He made himself a receptacle for kedusha and then moves away from it. You can only imagine the worst situation for that individual. But here's a person who's never involved him or herself in it. They never made that kelikibu. They never had the opportunity to have a nefesh tehorah. So one of the three commands that are being analyzed over there is When a person does not involve himself, does not study Torah, let le nafsha kadisha. Quite simply, the nefesh kadosh is lost. Kedusha de leila la sharia aloi. The kedusha de leila, the uh, supernal, the upper realm kedusha, does not reside upon within this person. Now, does that mean the person doesn't have a soul? Well, the Mikubalim always warn us that there are three levels and achievements to our souls. There's the nefesh, ruach, and neshama. So probably what Zohar is referring to over here is not that he loses nefesh. Nefesh is our ability to act. Nefesh is the ability to, to in this world, have activities with which we connect to others. I mean, uh, that's nefesh. It's not describing the loss of nefesh. It's describing the loss of nefesh tehorah. That's the ability to use our speech in ruach. That's the ability to use our mind in, in neshama. That's what he's referring referring to more than anything. So it doesn't mean a person without Torah is a nothing. It means they're diminished in their side. I mean, the way that it's being read, we can understand it as he's saying, he's saying involved, and so that means they're getting credit for trying. So he's not result-oriented like Rambam seems. I would never say Rambam is result-oriented either. Talmud Torah is not about result ever. Talmud Torah is always about the, about the study. That's why Rambam writes that even the great, from, from, from youth until old age, he writes in, uh, in Hilchot Talmud Torah, a person has to immerse, immerse themselves in Torah. And so all the Mepharshim ask, of course. I mean, why would you think any different? The suggestion is one of two reasons. Either when you're older and you're forgetful, so maybe I'm patu from Torah, maybe when you're older and you know it all, you're patu from Talmud Torah. Statement is you have to be involved with it at all times. I don't think it's ever... It's ever just Yidiyata Torah. It's always Isaka Torah. It's always involvement in the Torah. It's not just to achieve. It's just not just knowledge. It's involvement in Torah, no? When we talk about, I mean, for Rambam, we talk about Allah Abba, they talk about a certain level you have to achieve. There, there was a, a very controversial class I gave on this on a Shabbat many years ago in which I explained that that's not so. It was controversial for nonsense reasons because I talked about Olam Haba. But I'm very careful and clear that Harambam's Olam Haba is all Lefi Madregato. It's not an all or nothing endeavor. 
That's clear. Midayek in the Lishonot in Hilchot Tishubav Harambam, where he talks about the difference between a Helek La'olam Haba or being Zoche La'olam Haba. There are achievements. A Helek means a portion. What do you mean a portion? A portion of the Fima Shehu. That's not an all or nothing endeavor. And if you weren't able to achieve, but you were involved, I can't imagine it's any different for Harambam. Anyway, continues with Nefesh Hayim. Vegam hu mishulach vene'ezav has v'shalom lekohot ad-din shel ha-sitra ha-hrash yu yecholin lishlot alav. Right, those are the words that I was referring to earlier. It's din, it's the sitra ahra, this other side uh, in which uh, the, the person who uh, negates or, or moves away from Torah and then envelops himself and others in a world of din. A person who's able to study Torah and doesn't do so. There's all sorts of terrible circumstances. The circumstances are a direct result of the, the, the stopping in Torah. Well, it sounds like that, but the way Nefesh Haim is describing it beyond all is it's deen. You're enveloped by deen. There's a rigidity. There's that rigidity within which you are judged and the world is judging you. As a result, well, the, the fluidity that someone else might uh, experience in life in which they might do wrong and as a result not be met immediately with the consequences, you'll lose so there it is, Judah. Here's where he goes into the direction of it's not only for himself, but it's the entirety of the world. What's that? That's the Lashon of the Gemara. Rambam is just quoting the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. If you're involved, if you're listening to the words of Torah, you won't in turn raise up or raise away the opportunity for Tova to come to the world. The tragedy, tragedy is the negative uh, the relationship in this world is as a result of If there's some tragedy that takes place, transpires in some place in the world, you should envision it as your own deficiency in involvement in study and understanding of Torah. Does that mean per se that it was so? Well, not necessarily, but that's the vision you should have. The vision you should have is one in which Torah brings forth this rahamim, this reciprocal relationship of fluidity within this world for human beings to manifest their capability of finding God. And if you've gone away from it, if you've closed your eyes from it, so in turn, deen is what reigns. Vim kvar asakda, if you did learn Torah, not the one who didn't ever, but you did and then you moved away, again our words were, you now lost your capability to use your keli kibul, you crafted yourself as a being who could be a receptacle of Torah, now you moved away, as a reference to the legions above. So it means that you've created, you've crafted this keli kibul, and so there's now a 
existence, there's an entity within the metaphysical uh, universe, and you now are turning away from that. So you're, you're, it's losing its strength. The reference, the description more than anything is that Bitul Torah, Hatashata Torah, the inability to properly study Torah brings forth in a direct fashion as a result of you stopping to engage in the world around you and finding God's presence, well in turn it's lost. Now it's not actually lost, but it's lost in terms of its manifestation. To, to deepen this just a bit more, yes, doctor? He's talking about Torah study throughout. Yeah, I mean, that's not to negate that Shemirat HaMitzvot is a fulfillment of Lomed Almenat La'asot, but his reference throughout over here, throughout most of the Sha'ar, is Shemirat Esek HaTorah, that's which of course would then turn into, you can't, have a, you can't have a sufficient study of Torah without a sufficient Shemirat HaMitzvot as well. But to the extent that, and it's important to mention, at the end of this Perik, he has, uh, he has uh, several statements in Zohar, it's a Gemara Masech in Nedarim, and elsewhere, that the Hurban Beit HaMikdash was as a result of not studying Torah Karaui. That's the statement. And the question, of course, is, but the Gemara elsewhere says, there was Gilui Arayot Shefichut Amim and Avodah Zarah. His suggestion, as as some others as well, we could have somehow overcome those had the Torah been a part of us. To the extent that, in terms of your question, in terms of the diminishment, certainly that doesn't help, certainly that hurts. But underwriting and overriding all is the study of Torah, as of, uh, which is quite, quote, a controversial statement as well. And as a matter of fact, there is a history to that. Al-Sheikh, Rabbi Moshe Al-Sheikh, who is a contemporary of Maran, he writes about this uh, in his commentary to Echa, I think, and he has a similar, hundred years later, several hundred years later, is Nefesh Ha'ayim, similar vantage point. He asks this contradiction between Ma'amare Ha'chamim, was it Gilui Arayot Shfichut Amim talking about Bayt Rishon, or was it Bitul Torah? And his answer is, well, it was the Bitul Torah. All the others would have in some way been repaired through the study of Torah, Maharit, Maharit in his Teshubot slams Al-Sheikh. Can you imagine? I heard there's someone, Doresh Barabim. Don't you know the Ma'aseh is the Ikar? Don't you know? Are you misleading people when you talk to them about Torah? You seem to be describing it as if the Torah would have been able to save us when our actions were decrepit and terrible. How could you uh, make such a statement? Maharit really kills him, I think, in Siman Kof in his She'elotu Teshubot. But that's Nefesh Hayim's vantage point as well. How would you understand that? How would you conceptualize it? I imagine something along the lines of a relationship. I can, but I shouldn't. I can act wrongfully in a relationship. But if underlying this relationship there's an understanding of who I am, of how I see you, of my commitment to you, of my understanding of how I can and will affect this existence of a relationship, so we still have something. It's not fully tethered, it's not fully severed in that respect. The second I lost that, so then the actions are now a lot more significant. Do you understand what I'm saying? I could look at them as anomalies to our relationship. I could say I've gotten lost in the uh, vicissitudes of the time, the Havle'a Olam, as Harambam talks about in Hilchot Shubah and Perikimah. I've gotten lost in the Havle'a Olam, but if I have the Torah, okay, so the Torah will be Mahaziran Latob, so the reference throughout is Talmud 
Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah above and beyond all, not to negate all, but to say when the Torah is lost, you've lost that Rahamim relationship as well, or as a result. You know, to just bring this uh, to a fuller understanding, I'll bring you, when I talk about Deen and Rahamim, I'll always talk about the first Rashi, or one of the first Rashis in his commentary to the Torah. First Pasuk says, Bereshit bara Elohim et and throughout Perek Aleph of Bereshit, reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with that name, Elohim. Elohim in the eyes of the Chachamim is a reference to Deen. Again, when we talk about a Bedin in the Torah, a Sanhedrin, it's Elohim. That's what it's referred to. Rashi, as a matter of fact, refers to this reference of Elohim, and, uh, Elohim over there being similar to Elohim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the idea more than anything is Deen. This is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifests himself in the world in that rigid, strength-like way. Alim in Hebrew and Aramaic means strength as well. Alim, Elohim, is a reference to that Deen. But then in Bereshit, Perek Bet, Pasuk Dalet, the Pasuk describes Beyom Asot Adonai Elohim Eretz V'Shamayim. Then takes us in a different direction with the names of God, the manifestation of his presence in this world. It's no longer just Elohim, it's now Hashem Elohim. I'll add as well, it says Eretz V'Shamayim. The first Pasuk says Shamayim Va'aretz. Shamayim is the domain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kivyachol. Aretz is Haaretz Natan Levnei Adam, means Perek Aleph focuses us on the God domain of existence. Perek Bet focuses us on the human domain. In fact, Perek Bet from Pasuke and onward talks about human beings. Makes a lot of sense. But it means to say, as Rashi says, and we'll read his words and we'll try to understand what they mean at a greater depth. Says Rashi, Velo Amar Bara Hashem. It says the first Pasuk says, Bereshit Bara Elohim. It doesn't say Bara Yodke Vavke. Shebatehila, initially, Allah b'machshava libaroto, livroto, b'midatadin. The initial thought, Kivyachol of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was to create the world with Midat Adin. Ra'ashen mitkayem. He realized, and Kivyachol underlined, bolded, and italicized, that it couldn't work. He Midat Rahamim Midat Adin. He brought Midat Rahamim. He connected it. He tethered it to Midat Adin. Now, those are important words. He doesn't say he replaced Midat Adin. He says he combines Rahamim with Din. And that's the Pasuk. Hashem Elohim in Perek Bet Pasuk. Dalid and onward. Well, what's the reference? What does it mean to create with Deen, to have a world of Deen, and then including the Rahamim? Rav Hutner, in source number two, in his Pahad Yitzhak to Rosh Ma'amar Dalid, here in Ot Yod Aleph, the context for our purposes is not significant, although we've Developed and discussed the context on other occasions. It's the Gemara and Masechem Menachot and Daf Kaftet, the Shetok Kachala Bemachshava Lefanai of Rabbi Akiva. But fundamentally, for our purposes, what he's honing in on is what this Din and Rahamim are a reference to, and in turn, how we're to understand our lives through Din and Rahamim. He has the following, and I bolded the words just so it really stands out. Just look at those words at the end of the second line. Ela the reference to rahamim, what I call fluidity, is the opportunity for humankind and existence to have what's called behira, which means to say, if I lived in a world of deen, call it rigidity, well then there's no behira. If I know that by doing wrong I'll be slammed, you've taken away pretty much all opportunity for me to have a behira. If it's immediate reciprocal reaction to my activities, thoughts, or whatever, what's that? 
Nazevnish Ma is an interesting reference because at Ma'amad Har Sinai, you then, in the eyes of the Hachamim in Shabbat and Daf Pechet, you've now taken away the Koah Habbehira, which is hard to understand. How could you have existence? And that's what the Gemara says. Mikan Moda'ara Bala Oraita, Acheba Modechai Ve'ester, and Kiyemu Ve'kibelu, we're able to now restore Bechira Hofshit. But fundamentally, the reference over here is that Rahamim is a necessity if I'm going to have a world of if to whatever capacity, and it's not a full capacity as we've discussed and admitted to on many occasions, human beings have the ability to choose freely, that's called midata rahamim. Well now I take a step backward or forward and I ask you what is deen then? So deen in turn refers to a world in which there's little to know right? That's the reference to deen. It's a world in which God can and will manifest himself identically. In other words, he will be the presence which is appreciated and understood, but he'll be lacking one thing, the achievement of human beings in what we call avodah. To worship God means, and by definition, if I'm worshiping, it means I had the ability to go and then worship. If I'm forced into worship, it's not much of a worship at all. Well, that being the case, says Rav Hutner, it works like this. The rahamim, which is nishtatef, to the deen, is a reference to humanity's capacity to determine, to decide. What could or would or will exist before and after Rahamim? It's what we call Deen. What do I refer to in that respect? Well, I refer to before Rahamim. I refer to the beginning of existence, and I'm specifically referring for our purposes to the first two days of creation. We're going to use those types of words. Those are the time, that's the time period during which we're supposed to envision Deen. I'll refer to what I mean by that in a moment. And I refer to the final segment of existence of humanity as a time of Deen as well, which means to say before and then after the life as we know it, the world of humanity and process, there is absolute outcome orientation of God's presence and absolute. That's what we call deen. The opportunity that we have to try to build and then to fall and to wipe ourselves off and get back up, dusting off the, the mistakes and the filth of sin. Well, that's everything that lies in between to the extent that the Gemara Masechet Avodah I mentioned it on Shabbat. We'll reference it again now. Here it is in source number three. refers to 6,000 years of existence. And the first two thousand years, says the Gemara, whether to be taken in the absolute literal sense or not, not my purpose, not my issue right now, but the first two thousand years of existence, says the Gemara, this, they are very particular in terms of their years and, and so forth, but anyway, says say the Chachamim, that's the years of Tohu. Uh, what do you mean the years of Tohu? There was nobody alive for the first two thousand years until Abraham. Abraham is at year two thousand in the eyes according to the calculation of the Chachamim. Those next two thousand years are the years of Torah. Following that are the 2,000 years of Yomot HaMashiach. That's what the Gemara said. Of course, that accords very nicely with, in source number 5 and 6, the Pasuk says, It's the Pasuk we're referring to in source number 1, the Chachamim and the Midrash unscramble the word and turn it into Abraham. So it's a reference to the creation of heavens and earth for Abraham. What do you mean for Abraham? The only way you emerge from a world of Tohu 
is through the methodology of Abraham. The methodology of Abraham is the ability through a vantage point of Torah, perspective, what it means to have and search for Torah. And that's the next 2,000 years. Okay, so it means existence, if we're to envision it is, 2,000 years of Tohu until Abraham. Well, what existed in that time of Tohu? Was there utter destruction and chaos? Certainly not. There were human beings. There just was no Torah. Ramban Nachmani in his commentary to the Torah, which I mentioned on Shabbat as well here in Perek Bet Pasuk Gimel, source number four, describes the, those two, two, and two of six uh, as the two, two, and two of creation. He says the first two days of creation, most important for us, are days on which there's water, which is everywhere. And that water, which is everywhere, says Ramban, that's the existence of Tohu. In turn, the first 2,000 years is the existence of Torah. What does this mean for us practically in the context of what we're discussing? It means as follows. It means before Torah, before humankind developed and realized the capacity for Bechirah Hofshit, for Avodat Hashem, what existed was God's presence in this world in a Tohu involvement, which means his relationship to human beings was very different than the one which we experience today. It was different it was almost with respect to a world in which there is no humanity. Certainly there were human beings, but the human beings weren't engaging in a relationship with God, and as a result, it was no different than a world enveloped by water with Ruach Elohim al That, in turn, is the reference here as well in our Nefesh HaChayim. When Nefesh HaChayim says that if you diminish, or if it is diminished, the study of Torah, well, what are you effectively doing? You're reverting back back to a time of deen, that's severing your own capacity to choose, to find, to establish avodat Hashem through bechirah hofshit, and you're finding your place in deen. Does deen mean tragedy? Not necessarily. What deen means is a relationship is lost. What Dean means is God reigns supreme, and as a result, you want to do something, he'll slam you right into your place, or he'll take you away from your place, because it means that your capacity of bihibaream, of Abraham, of la'asot, of the opportunity to create on your own that connectedness to God, is lost. That's the reference to throughout this chapter, this chapter in Nefesh HaChayim, in which he's talking about Deen and Rahamim. Deen is a reality in existence, as is Rahamim. Our relationships with God can and will continue on the track of Rahamim as much as we're involved in that relationship. When we step out of that relationship, if I'm in a relationship with one of my children, and the relationship is one of Rahamim, because we speak to each other uh, daily, he appreciates me, I appreciate him, we have, a, we have a conversation and dialogue. That's Rahamim existence, and as a result, he's growing through me, with me, separate from me, but that's his growth. The second he cuts me off, it's not that I cease to exist. It means that his relationship vis-a-vis me is one in which there's a stone wall in front of us. I am just as strong, well, not really, because I'm not godlike. I am dependent on my son as well, but whatever. In other words, if, if, I'm, if I'm the god figure, I'm just as strong, and if anything, I'll manifest myself with my own independent strength. I don't need your strength any longer. That is the reference of the Torah being received with kifiyah. The moment in which the Torah is received, so to speak, it's deficient. Why is it deficient? 
because we're back to Deen. The whole point of the Torah is to bring me into Rahamim. So I then work toward Rahamim. But the ironic reality, which we've discussed on many occasions, is the best you're going to do as humanity is to bring the world back to a state of Deen, which means to say through a world of advancement of Behirah Hofshit, the further you go along and develop, and our Makir Tobah, the words of Rashi and Bereshit Berek Bet, when you find the goodness of God in all of creation, when existence itself moves forward in appreciating God's involvement, well, you've then brought yourself back to a world in which you can't find anything but God to the first two days of creation. That's the reference through and through over here to the extent that you might recall in source number seven, in source number seven, Nefesh HaHayim had, the, had quoted from Shir HaShirim Rabbah, from the Midrash. It was in, uh, it was in Perik Yodalf just a few chapters ago. Dimitich Ra'ayati. Pasuk in Shir HaShirim. Rabbanan Amre Ra'ayati De'olami. Who's the Ra'ayati? Who's the uh, soulmate of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's my Re'a, my friend in this world. Shekibelu Torah to, you accepted my Torah. She'ilu lo kibelu, if you didn't accept the Torah, hayiti mahaziret olami letohu vavohu. If you didn't accept the Torah, I bring back the world to a state of tohu vavohu, to a pre-Abraham time period. I bring my... I wouldn't be lost, says God. I'm, I'm, this world is not, this would still exist. It means the human capacity would be lost. It means your behirah she would be lost. Because if you can't establish the relationship with me to bring forth my understanding amongst others, the Abraham, the Torah method, then I'll just do it myself. That's the deen. Are you going to enjoy it? Maybe not. But it means more than anything, what, with, what he's toying with, what he's playing with throughout this pedic is a fundamental. It's what's hinted at in those beginning words of Rashi in his commentary to the Torah. It's this deen and rahamim relationship with the world, with humanity. Rahamim is the space. I mean, to put it in other words, when we say it, we said it on Shabbat as well, is the space in between the water. The Yabbasha was the space created for humanity. That is the Rahamim domain. As a matter of fact, we said this as well on Shabbat, the opportunity to realize within that domain that I can find, that I can achieve on my own, that's Rahamim. I got in the space, I have the ability to breathe there, to find. That's the opportunity for Bihibaream. The second you've decided, you've determined, I don't want to search over here, I'm not going to study the Torah, so then I'll collapse the water again. It's not that you'll cease to exist, it's that my relationship with you will cease to exist. I'll be manifested the same way I was manifest in the first two days of creation. It's not as if I didn't exist. Of course I existed. If anything, I existed greater than I exist now because you're all messing this up, this relationship, this hakarat toba. Okay, continues Nefesh Ahayim. Let's just finish a few more of his words in this respect along these lines on, on 739, what's it, the third paragraph. ויישתמודה <laughs> Pita biyom sara sar kohecha. So the, the, this is a Gemara, this is a Gemara and a Midrash, which again describes during uh, Yom Sarah, during a time of sorrow. What's a time of sorrow? A time of sorrow is a time of need. 
Well, there's no fluidity any longer. That rahamim is lost. You're now within the domain of deen. It's not that God's absent. It's that his relationship with you is lost. Of course, a person who safeguards Torah, in turn, his soul, so to speak, is mishtameret. I repeat again, it's not that you'll be lost physically per se. It's that a relationship will be lost. It's that the Bahira Hafshit opportunity that you have for Avodah will be lost. More than anything, the reference in these midrashim is the opportunity to connect through Torah, to exert our rahamim experience in this world, in turn brings to relationship, a relationship which spans beyond just words of Torah, spans into the world of existence itself. If you study, if you're involved with the Sefer, you'll be saved from the Saif. Is that miraculous? That's called Rahamim. More than anything, when is it that the monarchy's rules are going to take control over us? It's at the time when We've thrown down emet Torah to the land. Dichtiv pasukim Daniel v'savat tinaten al hatamid befasha en sava el malchuyot befasha befishash el Torah. Cause man she Israel mashlechin devre Torah laaret hamalchuti gozeretu maslahat. It means that's a world of Torah. It's a world in which it appears as if and the manifestation of God in relationship is lost. Ve'amru sham petichata echad. The next paragraph. Od matzino shevitera kadosh baruchu. And this is what I was referring to earlier, Dr. Glazer, Ala Avodah Zarav, Gilui Arayot, Shvichut Tamin, Kivyachol, Hagadosh Baruch was Mevater, he let go on the three Hamurot, Avodah Zarav, Gilui Shvichut Tamin, Vloviter, Al Maosa, Shel Torah, but he was never willing to, to let go of. Uh, those who are uh, uh, scoff at the Torah, Shine'emar, Alma Avedah Ha'aretz, Pasuk in Yirmiyah. For what was the destruction of the world? Avodat Kochavim, Gluya Rayot Shuchtamim, En Ketivkan, the Midrash says it's not for the three Hamurot, Ela, Vayomer Adonai, Alozvame Torati, which again makes a lot of sense. I can have a relationship in which a person, a being, is behind my back acting wrongfully. Okay, but if at their core, they're on par with the mission of relationship, of understanding, of finding me in this relationship. So I look at it as a blip on the radar, as a chink in the armor. It might be a big one, it might be a, a, a stronger one. But ultimately speaking, the radar, the armor is not lost altogether. If the radar or, or armor, meaning their ability to envision this relationship, to seek out through the Hirah of Shit, through this world of Rahamim is lost, well now, Avedah Haaretz, 
תחנת ואליהו שם, בו הוא ראה כמה גדולה כוח פישה של תורה שלא חרבה ירושלים ולא חרב בית המקדש, אלא בפשעה של תורה שנאמר בתנחומה בשלח, כשם שאי אפשר, ככי אפשר לישראל לחיות, אלא אם מתעסקים, מתעסקים בדברי תורה, לפי שפרשו ישראל מדברי תורה, לפיכך השונא בא עליהם, וכן את מוצא שאין השונא בא, אלא על ידי רפיון ידיים מן התורה. The statement of each of these מדרשים is the loss of ירושלים, the loss of מקדש. When we envision the closest connectedness that, that's perceptible, that's felt in the manifestation of God in this world, it's through the מקדש, it's through ירושלים, it's through ארץ ישראל. That's lost, say the מדרשים, through the loss of Torah. Does it mean God's presence is lost? Certainly not. It means God's presence vis-a-vis -vis humanity in the way in which we seek out and find him in the fashion of of Rahamim is lost, you're then given over to the realm of Deen, to the Sitra Ahra. The realm of Deen does not diminish God's stature. If anything, it strengthens it because he's not quote-unquote in any way dependent upon our perception, our ability to find them and to achieve through that domain. But that's the reference more than anything. Torah, it brings us back to the one of those first Rashis as well, that Bereshit is Bishvil Reshit, Bishvil Yisrael, and Bishvil Torah, the existence as we know it is dependent upon Kivyachol. Again, it's as we know it, Yisrael and their immersion in Torah. If Yisrael stops, if the Torah stops, it's not that God stops, Chaz Shalom. It's that the relationship of God and the world through Rahamim is lost altogether. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.